Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, joined. Oops. Hello and welcome to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, back from Thanksgiving, ready for more. Give me more, Andrew Lynch. I'm joined, as always, by the Lynch Mob. How was your Thanksgiving, Andrew? Fantastic. I was covering football all day, feeling like a Chris Carson front flip this morning, and I agree. <laughs> it's Listen, This is we're getting into the stretch run of the NFL season. Yeah. We've got some great matchups coming up in Week 13. Solid Monday night game tonight. I, I'm ecstatic. Let's yeah. gamble. Very exciting NFL Monday night football game and the college football championship weekend. We'll do much more on that Thursday. And yes, we will do a special bowl season podcast eventually. But right now the focus is all on the NFL. Now, Andrew, you had a pretty good weekend gambling. What was your one takeaway either from Thanksgiving's slate or from Sunday's games? What was your big takeaway? Results over process. Like I always say, J-Mac, that's what I learned this weekend. Uh, Listen, I think... As a gambler, it's kind of natural to uh, to focus on your bad beats and you. Oh, I just I got unlucky in that game. Oh, you know that the Big Ben interception. Oh, I would have covered there, and that that's perfectly reasonable. You got to take a minute and reflect when you get the good luck. I had the Broncos in that Steelers game. You know, thank goodness Big Ben throws that interception. I had the Seahawks against the Panthers. If you watch that game, mm. Carolina moved the ball at will. The Seahawks not only did they cover, they went outright. So. I'm kind of counting my blessings this morning, on a, both in terms of just being thankful it is the season, but also financially. I, I ended up, I was on the wrong side, but the right result a couple of times this week. Hey, that happens. You know, take those winners. Uh, I was on the other side of the Steelers game. I don't know how much we'll get into it, but I got to say that one hurt. I mean, I had a flawless weekend in the Super Contest, 3-0, and and I'm watching the Steelers. Lynch, total yards, 527 to 308. Passing yards. 452 to 184, but they had four turnovers, and that killed them, and it was, you know, Big Ben threw that pick, and I I said, kids, let's go. We're going for a walk. Out the door. I just had to get away from the screen. I was so irate. I would say my one big takeaway, and this is going to be interesting. I think we mentioned it last week or two weeks ago. The separation, and you've been on this, the elite teams are just killing folks, and the double-digit favorites this week, there were four of them. Saints covered, Patriots covered. Ravens covered, Chargers covered, by the way, Chargers won by 35. Double-digit favorites, 4-0. Lynch, can this continue? Because, you know, we'll do the look-ahead line shortly, but there are a lot of big spreads this week. I don't envy bookmakers this season. This is just tough. Like, how high do you set these lines? Especially with, like you said, looking ahead to this week, a Chiefs-Raiders game. Like, do you legitimately put that at 20 points? Ooh. They haven't, but I think that might be where it is when you look at these two teams. We just, it's week in, week out, we see it. The elite teams, like you said, like we've said a couple of times now, they're just so much better than even average teams or above average teams. It really is a have or have not kind of season. Any sense of parity in the NFL is dead, yeah. at least in 2018. And to quantify that, here's a stat. I saw this on Twitter from a gambling guy, Marco in Vegas. 24 of 28 NFL teams to play this week covered on a seven-point teaser. Lynch, let me see if you could guess the four teams that did not. I'll give you Pittsburgh, the one team that didn't. Freaky, weird game. Who are the other three that did not cover on a seven-point teaser? Uh, I honestly don't know. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Well, we'll start with Arizona. The worst ah, yes, team, uh, yes. 32 in DVOA. They didn't cover. 
The 49ers, 26th in DVOA. They got boat raced by the Bucks. And the fourth team, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals, got smoked again. Suddenly, they're one of the worst teams in the league. Andy Dalton injured finger. But that game was 28-0, Lynch. Bengals didn't put up a fight at all. Hugh Jackson... He got kind of embarrassed twice. Thanks to current and future Hall of Famer Baker Mayfield. I'm putting him in Canton right now. Baker train. Woo! Woo! Oh, boy. I'll I'll get to Baker in a minute. Let's move on. Next up is put up or shut up. You know the drill. Hashtag put up or shut up. Usually, you pick the game, I pick the side. This week, we switched it up because it was Thanksgiving. And as I said, remember Lynch? Hey, we'll double it. If I lose, we'll double it. Going from $10 to $20. We had several takers. But it just so happens that your boy was on the right side of all of them. Now, we we joked, Andrew, that taking all favorites was a bit square, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I you know I saw someone gave you a little bit of uh, gruff for that when you shared that you cashed all of your Thanksgiving yeah. Day tickets. But that in and of itself is a gamble, that you're gambling that all the favorites are going to win. Like It's not like we're picking all the favorites to win on the money line. You're picking against yeah. the spread. Like That's still a very, very solid Thanksgiving Day. So, you know. Bravo to you, and I'm sure you were very thankful for yes, that uh, football thankful. feast. extremely It felt good. Uh, parlays, teasers, they all hit. So at Big Scanner, you took the Lions, and that you took an L. So please give us a nice five-star review and uh, a nice comment, if you will. At MoldRem21, you chose the Redskins. You chose poorly. Uh, I, I was lucky to have the Cowboys. Listen, that was a Colt McCoy special, right? As Lynch said before the podcast, he looked like a guy who hadn't started a game in four years. Uh, I believe he had three turnovers. Um, and, you know, Redskins put up a decent fight, but it was the Amari Cooper show. And the last game, of course, Saints covered against the Falcons because that's what they do. They The Saints cover everything. So thank you for those put-up or shut-ups. And after the podcast, after you guys listen today... Make sure you get in the picks for this week. We're going back to the original. You pick the game. I take the side. On to what were you thinking? This is where we either pat ourselves on the back, as we're going to be doing shortly, or we take our medicine. Listen, last week it was a bloodbath. Lynch, you remember that? I was getting texts from my buddies who listened. Man, you misread everything. It happens, okay? This is a, a situation where the mystery of gambling on the NFL is so difficult. There's no silver bullet. You're not going to all of a sudden get an algorithm and bang, you're going to hit every game. It doesn't work like that. I like that. The mystery of gambling. That sounds like a self-help slash instructional book. I mean, we're attempting to solve a mystery every week. And, 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 you know, the process that goes into it is, is fascinating and fun. And our process was on point this week. We both hit Seahawks, Panthers. Anytime you can get the hook, you take it. Right? But they didn't even need it. I mean, Russell Wilson. Can we talk a little bit about how good Conrad's guy? Russell Wilson is so good at finding mismatches and just slaughtered that Carolina secondary. There might not be a better quarterback in the NFL at just those pinpoint drop the ball in the bucket. 50-yard touchdown passes. He is he's spectacular in the big moments. I just wish he were a little more consistent. And that's not, you know, that's not necessarily his fault. A lot of that is play calling, a lot of that is the offensive line struggles which have, you know, the offensive line has kind of rounded into form over the past couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I, this is the kind of game that you expect from Russell Wilson. A close game, pulls it out in the end. Um, kudos to that Seahawks team. I, I saw a stat about this game where the Panthers just moved the ball at will and then just kept imploding. I believe there were five fumbles in this game. Panthers recovered all of them. I mean, that, how obscene is that? We talk about fumble luck, but just overall not lucky enough. Seahawks get the win. Next up. And, you know, Andrew's going to want to go a little ways on this one. I will give you the floor. Jags, Bills. I had the Bills. You made the mistake of betting on Blake Bortles. Oh, I made a mistake, all right. I What was I thinking? I'm thinking this Jaguars team is the worst team in the NFL, and Woo! I don't even care about the numbers. I don't care about DVOA. I don't care about yards per play. When you have a quarterback like Blake Bortles come out, throw for 127 yards in the game against a stout Bills defense, I'll give you that. You got to throw for more than 127 yards, Blake Bortles. I'm sorry. And then the thing that really got me, Leonard Fournette. Ah, here we Leonard go. Leonard Fournette. Love Leonard Fournette. Passionate guy. Love it. He's was the only thing Jacksonville had going for them. Literally the only thing. 95 yards. And teams. he decides he's not even on the field to come rushing onto the field to defend his teammates and start throwing punches at Shaq Lawson, who's wearing a helmet. <laughs> that is, that's a microcosm of this Jaguar season. Your most talented player is out there throwing his punches at someone wearing a helmet, risking breaking his hand, gets ejected, but the game is 14-14 at yes. that point. If that doesn't happen, I'm feeling pretty confident I, in this bet. Yeah. Instead, Josh Allen is apparently the second coming of Mike Vick, comes out and just tears this Jaguars defense apart on the ground. Yeah, I'm never betting on the Jaguars again. Ooh. Now, not until Blake Bortles is the is out as quarterback. Now, I said that about the Browns a few weeks ago. Yeah, but I, I mean it when I say it. All right, okay. So I just want to quickly talk about right after the punch. So it was 14-all. The ball was on the one-yard line. After that, the Jags totally imploded. They scored a touchdown, call back on a penalty. Then Bortles was sacked. Then they missed the field goal. And that was like, wow, I'm going to get lucky in this one. On the one-yard line, they end up kicking a 41-yard field goal. Do the math on that. And they they go from the one-yard line to the 24. Ugh, All right, I'm done. So, hey, I'm listen, done. And part of the super contest, I got lucky in that one. Like I, I was, I don't know that I was on the right side there, but I'll take that win. Moving on, this is where I took my L. Steelers, Broncos. Broncos were the sharp side, right? But Lynch, and I'm going to say this, and people are going to listen and get angry. The Steelers were the right side in this game, right? I don't think there's any debate if you watch that game, and I was texting you guys during it, and I texted early, and I said, man, this this doesn't feel good. And then producer Conrad goes, hey, hey, you know what? Steelers are moving the ball. And I'm watching. They take the 17-10 to 10 lead. They get the ball back. And after that, it was all downhill. Big Ben throws a bad pick. Uh, crazy James Conner fumble. And then another turnover in the end zone. I, I can't say that I was on the, the wrong side when rally 527 yards and just own the game and then lose. Uh, Pittsburgh, that's a devastating loss. Yeah, and it's it's tough because when we talked about this on Thursday, one of the reasons that I took Denver was I expected the Broncos to force Big Ben into a couple of bad turnovers. But even I wasn't expecting a goal line interception where he just throws the ball to a defensive lineman. Like that was an awful, awful, awful Big Ben what, on the road. Worse pass. yet, Antonio Brown was not open in the end zone. Like I don't know what he's thinking there. Just chuck it out. You got fourth down. So that one stung. Uh, moving on to your boy, woo, woo! Baker Mayfield. Uh, Andrew Lynch is conducting the Baker Mayfield train. Browns cover easily. Listen, I had them in the Super Contest, and I love those no sweat games. It was twenty-eight nothing. 
Done. A done deal. I don't even need to watch that game again. Uh, Nick Chubb was brilliant. Baker looked good. Can I pour some water just a little bit? You can try. Okay. You can try. I will give it a shot. So Baker indeed has looked good. No doubt about it. But when I look at who he has carved up in the last two games, the worst defense in DVOA, your your beloved stat, the Atlanta Falcons, he looked great against those guys. And then he carved up the Bengals team, which gives up 500 yards every week. And they're a bottom six team in DVOA defense. So let's pump the brakes a little. I know people are going to hate that I say that. You hate Baker. No, Baker was great. But he beat two of the worst defenses in the league. There's a big step up in class this week against the Houston Texans. Top five defense. That pass rush is nasty. Just be careful betting on Baker this week. Is it an auto bet for you? And we'll get to it later, but... Baker, two wins in a row, and he's looked great. I'm probably on the Browns side uh, in Week Ooh. 13. But here's what I'm seeing, and here's what I'm thinking with this Browns team. Everyone joked when they fired Hugh Jackson, uh, that, and Greg Williams came out and said, this team has had the best practice they've had all season immediately. <laughs> right? Jay Glazer went on air and reported that for Indeed. us at Fox. Yes. And we all kind of laughed, but... Uh, we said this on the podcast that week. There's probably a grain of salt there. There's some tr- or grain of truth there. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing. This team is really rounding into form. They're playing better. They've got that extra chip on their shoulder for a little, you know, show Hugh Jackson that they were a better team than they were under him. And I think that when you have good practices like that, to come out and have a couple wins, even against weak competition, really helps. It reinforces those winning habits. It you know teaches guys that they're, they're approaching the game the right way. I'm really high on this Cleveland team, but I I so I, as we look, you know, they're taking on the Texans who haven't played on Monday night yet. We're gonna see a lot of movement in that line. I feel yes. like potentially. I really like Cleveland right now. There's a lot of value there. This is going to be speculative, but Lynch, is there something to the psychology of the locker room when you get Todd Haley out, you get Hugh Jackson out, you get new blood calling the plays? I feel like you're right. There is something. There's like a positive feel on that about that team right now. The caveat and where I would caution people is it's usually descriptive. It's not predictive. You can't say that it's going to be the case every time a, a, a team makes a change at head coach. But it is easy to look back and say, what is different now than three or four weeks ago, it's the coaching staff. And to wrap up, uh, we both had the New York Giants getting points against the Super Bowl hungover Eagles. Philly down 19-3. They did come back and win that. Giants went into a shell in the second half. Couldn't get the ball to Saquon Barkley, who it's, was dominating. It's a shame he was kidnapped in the second half. That was, <laughs> that was really... Someone needs to call the authorities. Yeah. And as such, uh, we both missed our money line picks. So, Lynch, your hot streak ends at two. He had the Redskins and... You know, that was risky with Colt McCoy, but that's what money line picks are. I had the Giants, which, you know, felt like the right side for about two and a half quarters. They were not able to come up with the victory. So a good week all in all. Let's see if we can keep it rolling next week. Now it's time to look ahead to week 13. Sunday, the lines come out and we kind of look at the ones we like or don't like. And, um... Listen, this is a really, really good week in the NFL. It starts Thursday, Lynch. Saints at Cowboys. You can watch that on Fox. I mean, the numbers for that game are going to be astronomical. Saints playing as well as anybody in the league. I would have them power rated number one in the NFL. And the Cowboys, listen, we sold them a couple weeks ago when Jason Garrett, you know, kind of messed his pants there on Monday Night Football against the Titans. Dallas, since then, has looked great. Saints. 
Favor by seven on the road. Lynch, any early thoughts on that one? Give me all of it. Oh, give me all of it. You're giving I, the seven. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take, I will oh, take all okay, of it. Sorry. Okay, give okay. me all of the Saints. Give me all of the Saints, uh, especially with the Cowboys coming off a big win. I think they're going to be overrated coming into this weekend. Um, my only question is how much this line moves, and obviously that's kind of the point of this segment. It's minus seven, but minus 120 right now. Very, very juiced. Is that going to move to seven and a half in the next day or two? And then does public money potentially push it down to six and a half later in the week? Um, I think seven is probably where this line ends up. I would, I've got my money in now. I'm really going to be eager to see which way the line moves as the week progresses, though. That's Just a such a public lot team with the of points. Seven's a lot. Now, a couple notes here. So we look at yards per play a lot. You guys know we mentioned opponents' yards per play as well. For this season, Saints are 25th. Not good, right? But if you look at the last three weeks, they're 11th. Their defense is rounding into form since the Eli Apple trade. Marshawn Lattimore playing much better. Davenport, the rookie pass rusher, he's back. Yet still, Lynch, you watched that Thursday night game on Thanksgiving. Matt Ryan passed for 377, two TDs. They had four turnovers, though. Three in Saints territory. Ridley at the goal line. Matt Ryan fumbles inside the 10. Falcons could have easily covered that game. Does any of that give you pause that I don't think Dak moves the ball as well? They run much better. Falcons could not run the football. But they were able to move it on the Saints on the road. I seem to believe that Zeke Elliott could have a... If he can run the ball 100 yards, I think they'll be in this one. Slow and steady wins the race, except for when you're against a rocket ship. And this Saints team is a rocket ship. I, the, the Cowboys just aren't explosive enough to keep up with them, in my opinion. My early lean is to the Cowboys, but it's early in the week. That's, that's, I'm not giving that play out. I think if it goes 7.5, I've got to take Dallas. Next up, the L.A. Chargers. And big injury news today, folks. Melvin Gordon, they're... Best offensive player, I would put him above Keenan Allen. Melvin Gordon with an MCL injury. He's going to be week to week. I would not expect him to play against the Steelers on the road. Steelers favored by three and a half. Any early thoughts here, Lynch? Steelers coming off a brutal loss, and uh, they have been good at home. If you want to ask the Falcons about that or the Panthers, this is a very good offense in the Chargers. Any early thoughts on Pittsburgh favored by three and a half? Key number game for me. The Melvin Gordon injury certainly affects whether I'm going to get in on this game at this line and whether it's a half unit or full unit play for me. But for me, it's all about that hook. As long as this is three and a half, I'm leaning Chargers. Interesting. Now, this on the look ahead was four and a half. Lynch, it's now down a point. Is that an overreaction to the Pittsburgh loss in Denver? plus the Chargers hanging 45 on the Cardinals. I actually go the opposite. I would think the Steelers, they've been blowing teams out at home. Now, Bosa, the return of Bosa was impactful. He looked good. But again, that's against Josh Rosen. We're talking about a Steelers team that moves the football. I think Connor's going to be able to run against his Chargers defense. They lost their nose tackle for the year, Corey Legit. Denzel Perryman, of course, out. I think they're going to be able to move the football. I, I'm going to lean Steelers at home. Cold weather game, right? It'll be December in Pittsburgh. Give me this. I'm looking at the Steelers. Again, it's early. We'll finalize picks on Thursday. Next up, boy, this, this line is massive. The Chiefs on the road off a bye. Visit the Raiders. 14 and a half. That is uh, <laughs> that's a big number on the road. Rivalry game. 
Lynch, uh, you're looking like you want the Raiders on the money line. <laughs> I couldn't even straight with a straight face. I, I could not. We took a week off from fading John Gruden for a money line bet two weeks ago. We are back on the fade John Gruden train. I think this is. I, I think this should be. A, I think this should be another touchdown. I legitimately think this should 20. be a twenty-one points. No, bet. I legitimately think so. Okay, I let, think me, this, let me let me push back. Okay. Sure. Um, I I had the Ravens in the Super Contest, so I watched that game closely. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the Ravens got a punt return touchdown and a defensive touchdown. Otherwise, they don't cover, and they're in that game. Now, that a lot of that had to do with Harbaugh not rushing Carr, which was foolish in the first half, and then he didn't want to run the football. Now, Kareem Hunt could have a big game, but I'm telling you, the Raiders were in that. They did look competitive beating the Cardinals. They can show up. They almost covered against the Chargers. I'm trying to make a case here. Any of that sway you? No. No, it comes, it comes back to what we talked about earlier in this episode. The elite teams are just so much better. It makes sense to me that the Raiders were competitive with the Ravens because the Ravens, as good as their defense is, they are closer to being an average team than they are to being a great team. This Chiefs team is historically great. I expect them to blow the doors off the Raiders okay. in Oakland. Yeah, 14 and a half. That's a large number. Next up, great game, big number. Vikings, fresh off their win over Mike McCarthy. I'm not even going to say they beat Aaron Rodgers. They beat McCarthy. Uh, Vikings are seven-point dogs in New England. Um, I don't want to go too much after Tom Brady here. He has not looked sharp the last couple weeks. I know he did have a TD pass against the Jets, but in the second half, Brady was only handing off the football. I mean, I know they want to establish the run. I didn't think Brady looked like his normal self. I know the uh, meatballs on WEEI in Boston are coming after me. But it just feels like this is not the vintage Tom Brady right now. I lean Vikings plus seven in New England. Plus seven, I would probably be looking at Minnesota. But in the time that we've started recording this podcast, it's down to five and a half at the Westgate. Whoa. And that is, yeah, that immediately had me checking all my alerts and everything. Did I miss big news? I don't see anything. Uh, Patriots within six. I'd love New England at home to cover there. Okay. Now, five and a half, not a key number. Six, kind of important, but that, that that's a lot of money coming in on the Vikings. I will say this, Dalvin Cook, did you watch how closely he was explosive last night? Because this is a team, I, if they just put it all together and stop making mistakes like Kirk Cousins, I, is this the primetime game next Sunday night or is it Pittsburgh Chargers? It's Pittsburgh Chargers, okay. Because we know Kirk Cousins was 4-12 and 12 in primetime games uh, before that win last night. I, I like Kirk Cousins a lot in that. I'm telling you, Josh McCown moved the football against the Patriots yesterday fairly easily. I think Kirk Cousins can move the ball. I, I would lean, I would love seven, but I guess I missed it. Maybe it'll go up again. Let's look at the final game, Andrew Lynch, that we quickly want to look ahead to in Week 13. Because you love Baker Mayfield, Browns at Texans. Browns getting four and a half. Now, uh, Houston obviously will play Monday Night Football. We'll see what happens. Any thoughts on this one? Outside of three, three and a half, I really like Cleveland here. Again, and I, it's tough because we, you know, how Houston plays tonight will certainly impact how you handicap them for next week. Very obvious statement to make. But in, really, you don't want to overreact to the one game, right? We say it all the time. You're never as good or as bad as your previous performance. So what I'm expecting here is if the Texans have come out and they play strong, this maybe ticks up to five. 
if they come out and they lose, this probably goes down to maybe two and a half. So really, I'm almost gambling on the Monday night game in terms of this Browns-Texans game. Do I think that the Texans are going to play poorly and this line is going to come down? Or huh. do I think they're going to play well and I'm going to get more value on That's the Browns? That's interesting I actually logic. think it's the latter. I, I think Houston, we'll get to, get to this in a minute, I think Houston plays well tonight against the Titans. And I, I think this probably ticks up to five at some point in the week. So if you want Browns, Lynch is saying wait on it. Um, I would early, and again, I'm not bashing Baker. This is about a good defense. The Houston Texans. The, the problem is their offense is so touch and go, man. I, I just don't understand Watson. And obviously we got to see what happens tonight. But my early lean is this is probably a stay away. But I would, I would fade the Browns here because you know the public is going to be all over Cleveland. So those are the Week 13 games. We'll go more in-depth on Thursday after we see what's going on with the injuries. Obviously, the Melvin Gordon injury is huge for the Chargers. Week 13 coming up. On to the Monday night football matchup. The Titans visit the Texans. Houston favored by four. Not the sexiest matchup, Lynch. Uh, Both teams can be very boring to watch. I, however, will be watching closely. I'm on the Titans getting six and a half in the Super Contest. Now, the line for this game's come down to four due to the Marcus Mariota health. Early last week, he was not practicing. Then Friday, he practiced. Saturday, he practiced. He's a go. I need the Titans badly in the Super Contest. I'm closing in on the money. Once again, I was in it for about the first nine or ten weeks, and then I hit the skids. So I'm on the Titans here. Here's why I'm worried, Lynch. On the road this season, the Tennessee Titans have never eclipsed (laughs) 5.0 yards per play. Not once. They were 5.0 in the opener against Miami. And against the Colts last week, 4.5. In Buffalo, 4.2. In Jacksonville, 3.9. But they got the win. They're going to need to do this with defense. And I just need Deshaun Watson to do what he did in Washington. Turn the ball over a couple times, get lucky, and hope Mariota can make a play or two. I don't love being on Tennessee in this spot. I think Tennessee, where you got them in the Super Contest, is solid value. But if you're making this bet on a Monday afternoon, Monday evening, just before the game, I lean to the Texans, minus four. Now, it's a tricky number, right? I think this game, there's every probability this game ends in a three-point victory for the Texans. And I do expect them to dominate the game. They're the number three defensive DVOA, top ten against the pass, number two against the rush. I don't know what the Titans come out and do well against this team. The real sticking point for me and why... Originally, I was leaning towards taking the points here because it is outside of that three, that key number. I think J.J. Watt is going to have a massive game. I mean, this Titans team is 31st in pass protection on the offensive line. Is Taylor Lewan playing? I mean, Taylor Lewan, I think, would go up against Watt. And like, there's every chance this is a four-sack game for J.J. Watt. I really think he's going to have a big game. I expect Deshaun Watson to be able to, to find his spots against this Titan pass defense. And it comes back to one of my rules this season. If there's... When you have two teams going up against each other, give me the one that has the elite unit. Tennessee's not really doing anything well on either side of the ball. Give me the better quarterback as well. Give me Houston, at, even at minus four. Let me see quickly if I can sway you. Couple notes here. I, I Again, I'm heavily invested in this game. Familiarity is big, right? Titans have won three of four against 
the Houston Texans. So they know this team well. They beat them earlier this season. Now, as you said, they do nothing well. That was with Blaine Gabbert running the show. The big play in that one was a fake punt that went for a touchdown. Otherwise, they didn't do anything well. But the real reason I feel fairly confident in Tennessee is the public is all over Houston. This is a Houston team that's won two straight because the opponent missed a game-winning field goal, right? Of course, Denver and gosh, I remember that game. And of course, the Redskins last week. So the public is all on Houston. And also, they're off Tennessee because Tennessee got throttled in Indianapolis. But we kind of were on that. We, we were aware that that was happening after the Titans beat the Patriots uh, at home. You knew there would be a letdown. I just, I, I think the professional money is on Tennessee here. It's driven the line down. And I got to hope my man, Marcus Mariota, can come through. I think there's a lot of value on the under here as well. I don't know that I'll, uh, that I'll make that bet necessarily. But the one reason that I'm concerned in siding with Houston here, three of the past five games, they've had less than 300 yards of total offense. Yikes. That's a big asterisk. But yeah, 42 and a half. Probably solid, solid value there on the under. Okay, so there it is. Lynch is on the under. And are you going to go Texans if, it, if it's three? You know what? Let's. Uh, I'm not very confident in this game, so let's go full bore and make it a little bit of an action play. Texans under parlay. Wow. Half unit bet. Jeez, he's going against me. I need the Titans here tonight, folks. Thank you very much for listening to Coming Up Winners. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review for Andrew Lynch. I'm Jason McIntyre. Good luck. We'll talk to you Thursday.